this is a powerful, wonderful day that God has made us. And uh, so let us rejoice and be glad and be effective in it. Um, with everything going on, I, I, I just felt this urge from God. Now, I'm not one that, that um, gets big signs from God, and I've never heard God audibly and all that kind of stuff. But I just felt like God would have me um, preach and teach uh, in a very um, focused and overt way about what we call evangelism. Uh, communicating uh, the Word of God in such a way to lead people to the love and grace and salvation and healing and whatever else they need in Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ prepared for them 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary and in the resurrection. And then he sent the person of his Holy Spirit to come and, and bring us new life and new birth and uh, to make us new people and to adopt us into his family, to redeem us out of the slavery of sin so that we can be made holy and be restored in his image. And I could go on and on, but that gives you somewhat the understanding. When I say salvation, that's what I mean. Um, Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 is very focused in that Jesus did not come to play religious games. Jesus Christ came to save us from, not in, from our sin. I, I think that's so important because there's so many people and man has designed this theology thing where it's okay uh, to live in sin and yet call yourself a Christian. And I, I understand, we all sin, we all fall short, we, we all kind of step out of his perfect will and glory sometimes but but if that's okay then there's something wrong with the word of God or there's something wrong with our theology and I, I think I think the latter uh, is true Jesus Christ came to save us our, our focus verse today is John chapter 3 verse 17 and it says God did not send his son into our world to condemn us he didn't send his son into our world to get us. Sometimes I, I hear people say that sort of thing. God's going to get you. If you do that or if you don't stop that, God's going to get you. And man, I, I just want to warn parents and warn people. That's not what Jesus is about. We need to, we need to communicate his love. We need to communicate his, his gift, free gift of, of grace, his free gift of salvation, his free gift of healing, his free gift of eternal life. Not God's going to get you, so you better stop something or you better do something. I, I think it's very important how we communicate Jesus Christ when we're doing this um, evangelism or connecting with people uh, on that level to lead them to the love and grace of Jesus Christ found in the Word of God. So God didn't come here to get us. He didn't come here to condemn us. He, he didn't come here to hit us with lightning bolts. Jesus Christ came into the world that, that the world might be saved through him. 
And let me go back through this just for a second again, because I, I think this is so very, very, very important, that we understand the word saved. When, when we're saved, God Almighty enters our lives in the person we call the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 3, it talks about the fact that all of us are, are born first in water, and, or the, the water of our mother, and then we are born in or of the Spirit of Jesus Christ from above. And I don't have time to explain all of that, but, but it's important for us to understand that, okay? When we are saved because of what Jesus did on the cross, he, he, he died such an excruciating and painful death a, a spiritually and emotionally and, and physically and relationally and in every way. And, and he did that in our place so we don't have to. And wow, if you ever have time to watch the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and, and they say that doesn't even begin to... Uh, communicate the pain and suffering uh, that he endured for me and for you. And, and, he, and he did all of that to save us. But he did all of that because you and I don't have the ability to make ourselves right between us and God. We don't have the power. We don't have any ability. We don't have the wherewithal to make ourselves right spiritually. So it was imperative that Jesus Christ did what he did so that we can be made right with, with God. And I want you to hear that. I want people to hear that. I want people to live that. I want people to love that. That when you ask God into your life, when God comes in in the person of your Holy Spirit and you're born again and made a new person in Jesus Christ, you're made right with God. I want you to hear this. You are immediately adopted into the family of God with all the inheritance that Jesus Christ had. Wow, I, I can't even imagine that. I don't have any rich relatives in this world. So I don't have a trust fund and I don't have a trust fund coming someday when somebody croaks. So the bottom line is what I've got to look forward to and what any person that makes Jesus Christ the Savior and Lord of their life has to look forward to is, is that we've got an inheritance in Jesus Christ in heaven that's the same as Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's a powerful, powerful thing to understand. When we are saved, we confess our sin before the Father and, 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 and He forgives us of our sin. That sin is wiped out. That sin is thrown as far as the east is from the west. It's thrown to the bottom of the ocean. It will never be remembered by God again. And we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. I hope you're catching this. I hope you're catching the power of salvation. It, it's so, so very important for us to understand this. We are redeemed. Now, what that means is, is that, is that what Jesus Christ did in the, the, on the cross and in the resurrection... And it's brought to us by the Holy Spirit is he paid the price to buy us out of the slavery or the domination of sin, hell, and death. And man, I, I don't know about you, but, 
but I'm good with that. I think that's awesome. I, I think that's wonderful. I, I think that's just powerful. And, and I want to make sure that every Christian understands that. We are re- when we are saved, we are reconciled to God. Where we are born, we are born out here away from God, walking away from God. But when we are saved, we are brought back and we are made one with God. The way that happens is, is, that, is that Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. Now, hear what I'm saying. He never sinned. He took on all the sin of the world, and that includes my sin, and he became sin, and he went to the cross, suffered, bled, and died, and rose again, that I might become the righteousness of God. Now, would you hear that? I might become, you might become the righteousness of God, and in that, we are able to become one with God. We are reconciled to God. Wow. Powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. I I, I just think that's that's so awesome and so powerful. I could go on for hours talking about these things, and I would love to do it. But that's not my point this morning. Jesus Christ came into this world to save each and every one of us from our sin. First Timothy says that it is God's will that each and every one of us be saved and come to a full knowledge of him. Wow, what a verse. What a verse. Each and every one of us come to a full knowledge of him. I just need to switch gears for a second. And I need to go in a direction that I don't enjoy going. Um, I, I felt like sometimes this type of thing was used as manipulation. Um, and I don't even want to use it for shock value. But I think it imperative for each and every one of us who call ourselves Christians to understand that anyone in our world, our kids, our spouses, our grandkids, our friends, our loved ones, whoever it might be. And I want you to hear me here. If they are not serving God, if Jesus Christ is not first and foremost in their life. Now hear me now. Hear me now. If they haven't truly, fully asked God into their lives, and if God hasn't transformed them and made them a new creation or a new person, and, and if, there's, if they're just living in the world, for the world, by the world, about this world, I want you to understand something. I don't believe they're saved. And if they're not saved, are you listening to me? I know this is tough stuff, but I want you to understand something. If they, if your kids and grandkids and friends and family are not saved, they are under, because they're born this way, they are under the domination of sin, hell, and Satan. And if they are not saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, they're going to live in hell for eternity. Absolute misery. A fiery hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You're like, well, John, man, 
Why you got to be so harsh? Why do you have to be so black and white? Because this gray thing really doesn't work. Let me explain gray. And I hear this all the time. Well, he doesn't go to church and he doesn't serve God. But, but when he was six, he, he, he prayed the sinner's prayer. Could somebody show me the sinner's prayer in the Bible? Those little words that you say, you automatically have eternal life forever and you never have to. I, I, I don't get all of that. And he comes to church and he's not a bad guy. He, he, you know, I know he works 80, 90 hours a week because he's, he's, he's making money for his family. He supports his family. That's great. I'm glad he supports his family. But if he is not serving Jesus Christ, then he is not in Christ. He is not a member of the family of Christ. He is not living in the kingdom of God. He is under the auspices and domination of sin, hell, and death. Satan is going to destroy him and everyone around them. And you need to get that. You need to understand that. We play games with that. We make excuses for our kids. And we make excuses for our family. And we make excuses for our grandchildren. And we make all these excuses for everything. And I, and I don't want to put anybody out of the kingdom. That's not what I'm about. What I'm trying to do is to wake us up. It's not about how you feel. It's not about if you're comfortable with that kind of talk. If that, it's not, it's not, it's not um, about whether you like that reality or not. Excuse me. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ said, you are li either living in me and for me, and enduring and doing my will and living in the word of God and getting on your knees and finding my will and my power, or you are not. And if you are not, then you are not saved. You could play these games, oh, well, you know, when he was little and one of these days. It's time for us to quit playing those games. It's time for us to say, you know what? I've got a son, or I've got a daughter, or I've got a grandchild, or I've got a spouse, or I've got a family member that does not know the saving glory of Jesus Christ, is not living in or for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not the Savior and Lord of their lives. And it's time for me to focus in on that person in prayer and love and obedience to Christ looking for an opportunity to introduce that person to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And let me help you with something. That's a hard thing. But let me take you back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, very early, in the ministry that he had with his disciples. Jesus Christ looked at them, and at that time they're fishing. So he's talking about fishing. And he says, listen, I want you to understand something. Now that you've repented, and in the next verse, verse 20, they're, they're leaving the nets of this world to follow Jesus Christ. He says, listen, I want you to hear this. Now I can and will make you a fisher of men. 
I will give you a passion and a calling to go out into a lost and hurting and dying world right where you are and, and love people in such a way that you have an opportunity you, you're prepared for and you see an opportunity to let people know that Jesus Christ loves them, wants to save them, wants to transform them, to wants to give them joy and peace and hope and happiness and healing. And the bottom line is we need to be those people that are saying, okay, God, make me a fisher of men because in my human, I have no idea how to communicate to my grandson. I have no idea how to communicate the love and grace of Jesus Christ through uh, to my spouse. Lord, I need you to come and help me with that by making me a fisher of men. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, When the Holy Spirit comes on us, we will be witnesses. The word there is actually matros. And that, that term means we will be willing to die. To communicate the love of Jesus Christ and be, live such a life that we are witnesses to the love and grace and power and healing and transformation of Jesus Christ. So it's Jesus Christ working with us. Okay, Pastor John, what do I do next? The next thing you do is you begin to pray. For that person, no matter who they may be. And there may be 20, 25 on your list. That's fine. It can be 100. I don't care. I, more, the, more the merrier. But you begin to daily pray. That, that And God's already working. God's already there. But that God's Holy Spirit would be working in and on that person's mind and heart, melting, melting away all the ugliness and all the anger toward God or toward people or, or whatever is getting in the way. And you keep praying until God gives you an opportunity and an understanding of how to communicate his love. And it may be weeks and it may be months and it may be years. I've heard of people that have pray, prayed for decades for their children before they're able to communicate the love and grace of Jesus Christ. But folks, hear me. There is nothing more important in the lives of those in your world family, friends, workmates, spouse, children, grandchildren. There is nothing more important than you having the opportunity or seeing someone else have the opportunity to communicate the love and grace and power and joy and peace of Jesus Christ into the lives of whoever is in your world that does not truly know him. As Lord and Savior. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. And then begin to pray and say, God, my prayer is that you will so fill me with your spirit. So fill me with your love and your joy and your peace. That they see that this grace thing, this love thing, this salvation thing, this word of God thing, this Holy Spirit thing, it really does work and it makes a difference in my life and it can make a difference in their life it's so important I'm sorry if 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 you're saying things that are just as ugly as everybody else why would they want your Jesus if you're reacting to life the same as everybody else why would they want your Jesus I, I want you to get this it's imperative 
that we first live in such a way that people are like, I want that. I want some of that. I want that joy. I want that love. I want that peace. I want that forgiveness that not just for me, but they have for other people. I want that. I want that in my life because I'm tired of living in and under the misery of sin and Satan and hell and death and anger and bitterness and fruitlessness and hopelessness and that lack of fulfillment. I want something and someone that's going to make a real and eternal difference in my life. We continue to pray and we continue to pray and we continue to pray and we continue to love and we work hard not to get exasperated with them. We work hard when they're out here running their mouth, saying things we know that are way out there. And, and we just continue to love them. And we continue to pray for them. And we continue to be there for them. And when everybody else gives up and calls them different names, we just continue to love them and we continue to pray for them. Because we have one thing in mind. And that is that they know the saving grace and love of Jesus Christ. That they enter the kingdom of God. And one day they will live with Christ and us eternally. Folks, there is nothing more important. There is nothing more important than, the, than people knowing the saving grace of Jesus Christ. College degrees, cars, houses, jobs, none of that even comes close to them knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord because that's who they were created to be. And that's how they were created to live. Then they will know the joy and the peace and the fulfillment that each and every one of us is looking for. God bless you. As you back up today and you go, you know what? I need to change my attitude toward this person. Because the reason they act the way they act is because they don't know the saving grace and glory of Jesus Christ. I'm going to begin to pray for them. I'm going to begin to depend on the grace of Jesus Christ to make me that person that loves them and is ready to share His love and His salvation and all that He has for them. Folks, that's the most important thing we could ever, ever, ever do in this world. Father, thank you for your example in your son. Help us to follow it. Now, Lord, we pray for the wisdom, the patience, the power, the grace, the confidence that we need to enter into the lives of so many who need to know you, need to know your salvation, need to become your child need to be set free from sin, need to be forgiven. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that to, from today on, we would never see someone as just a jerk or a bad person, but that we would see that they need you and your love and your power and your salvation.
Thank you, Father. In your name we pray.